Welcome to the show today, guys. Uh, we are coming to you from Washington, D.C. again. Uh, as I told you, the first March for Life since the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So there's just a lot of interesting cultural, spiritual, and political elements. Um, the spirit of the age and his acolytes are like a wounded lion uh, with their tail between their legs, um, with their core sacrament starting to crumble. Um, and so we need to understand this is really the beginning of the pro-life movement in a very real way. And so we're here on the ground in Washington, D.C. talking to pro-life leaders, um, doing man on the street videos and hopeful to find some um, some Baal worshipers uh, to poke in the eye and publicly mock like Elijah uh, and wake people up to the moment that we're in right now before it's too late. So we're sitting down today with my friend Kurt Cameron, um, who has become a pro-life icon hero now. I mean, he was sought after for many reasons before that, uh, but he has a new pro-life film and now he's pushing back against the uh, pedophilic men who like to wear dresses who really, 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 really want to read books to your children in libraries. Um, and as Kirk so eloquently says, we need to stop being the complainers of culture and be the creators of culture. And so he's doing a nationwide tour, doing story time in libraries with students, um, which is the kind of ethic that we need in the new conservatism and the new kind of Protestantism that we need in this moment in America. So buckle up, you're in for a treat. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Kirk, welcome to the show, brother. Wow. You're really, you're really good at this opening monologue stuff. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm like, wait, can we just go back? And I need to listen to it at half speed, and I just need to digest everything you just said. Their, their core sacraments are crumbling. Yep. I'm like, what does that mean? Well, last time I introduced you as, uh, I think, uh, Ezekiel Watchman's son of Issachar blowing the trumpet, I think. And I think yeah. You liked that one. That was a that, good one. That's right. Well, I was just blown away by your white rose resistance concept and the story that you told me of that brother and sister mm -hmm. team and what they did. And I'm so happy to hear that the response has been great. Yeah, thanks, Kirk. Yeah, I mean, the story still makes me cry when I tell it. Um, but it's, you know, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And the church in America has forgotten the lessons of the saints of the past. We've yeah. forgotten the kind of ideologies that we're actually contending against. Um, yeah. But those ideologies have come home to roost and they've been brewing for a long time long time. Drag queen story hours, Kirk, mm. did not suddenly happen. A lot of people go, how did this happen? The, wow, that happened fast. No, 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 no. The, the cultural Marxist revolution was moving apace for decades. This happened yeah. gradually and then suddenly, just like bankruptcy. But now you're getting all fired up. Yeah, You were already a culture warrior, but now you, I feel like you've leveled up. And so I wanted to talk about everything you're doing. If, 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 it's, if it's okay to just touch on what you had just, you just said, um, you're absolutely right, and people say that a lot. How did this happen? How did we get here? How? And it seems like it's all happened all of a sudden. Hmm. But I have a friend named Marshall Foster yeah. who recently passed away, and he was a great mentor to me, and he was a Christian historian, and he would always talk to me about how this cultural march through the institutions and playing the long game has been the plan since for over a hundred years, that, that all of what we're seeing now is the actual fruit that is being produced by the root of Marxism mm -hmm. and secular humanism that was planted a long time ago. And they began marching through um, public schools and uh, churches and seminaries and beginning to, to break apart the family and break apart marriages, and then to begin to infiltrate the halls of uh, civil government. And I was like, Really? Like, are you sure? I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, 
and he would say, no, you just don't see it yet, but it's, it's all building and then suddenly it will burst onto the scene. Whoa. And it reminded me of what recently happened in my backyard. <clears throat> I have three hundred year old oak trees in my backyard and they're gorgeous. When we bought the house, it was one of the, the shining features. Wow. They're huge. I mean, they're, the, the trunks are like this and they're massive. One of them fell over. And I'm going, what happened? Well, I remember in the summertime, uh, a, a tree doctor came to my house and said, yeah, your tree is dying. And I thought, why is my tree dying? Uh, we've been watering it, everything's been fine. I really haven't paid much attention to it. And he said, well, you, you put lawn underneath your, your oak tree and you've been watering it. These things actually don't do very well with too much water. And I didn't really realize that because it looked healthy all this time. <clears throat> But over 20 years of watering the lawn too much, I had soaked the roots of this tree and essentially it rotted the, 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 the stability, the structure underneath the ground and oh it was inevitable that it was going to happen. And then it seemed like all of a sudden the tree just died. Right. And yet it wasn't all of a sudden. It was a long <laughs> process. It's a and, analogy. and I just thought, man, that's, that, that's really like what's happening to us. And... Um, hmm. And, and trees don't just grow back overnight. Yeah, it's it's a long process. If you got to start planting new seeds, wow. And 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 yet you can do that. And whoever planted that oak tree did it. Hmm. And and we can do it too. Wow, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, I mean, it just it just kind of hit me. It's 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 cool when when you see things like that that help you help you remember those truths. So I want to start planting those seeds, and that's, that's part of why I am doing this tour to public libraries, uh, reading, reading a children's book. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that before uh, Drag Queen Story Hour. Because I, because <laughs> Isn't it I, still weird to say that? Like, the, like everyone says it now because it's happening all over like the country, but it, the fact that that's a phrase that yeah. exists in the English language well, should another, scandalize everyone. And, and there's another phrase that I recently heard, uh, Pastor Story Hour is yeah. a thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing now. And I think what's wonderful about the way God works is that he uses cultural pressures and, and, and points of pain to motivate us to do the things that he's been telling us to do for a long time but have neglected to do so. Hmm. So now we need to <clears throat> take back our story hours in our public libraries because we understand that men dressed in uh, wigs and fishnet stockings are sexualizing our children yep. and they're doing it not just there, we need to then take back the public schools or privately educate our children even better yeah. uh, or educate them at home. And then we need to also take back our churches that have been infested with all sorts of liberal ideas that undermine the truth and the authority yep. and the sufficiency of scripture and then go all the way to civil government so that our government is actually a, a force for good, mm -hmm. not a force of, 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 to, of, for evil. Yeah. That steals lives, liberty, and property. Yep. And if we do that, man, we could be like, this is this is really the, the land of the free, the home of the brave, and its its taproot is the Bible, and the fruit is the fruit of the spirit, and we're seeing it everywhere. Yeah. Comprehensively. Yeah, that's good. Well, <clears throat> it is true what you're saying and what I'm saying that things happen gradually then suddenly, and that you have to you have to contend faithfully in these institutions for a yeah. long time. Yeah. But they're they're there was an institution, there is an institution, um, that when mobilized and awakened under a common banner can actually cause and incite systemic change quite quickly. 
the church. <laughs> and as a student of revival yourself, uh, Kirk, we know how quickly cultures, families, uh, you know, legacies, stories, civilizations can begin changing. Yeah. When the people are throwing down their lives and their heads before the Lord and giving their lives over to him in a true, in a true revival. Um, and here we are in Washington, D.C., um, built by people who were largely Christians and who understood that liberty are the wise restraints that make men free. And yet these institutions, these buildings now, in, in, in so many ways, are hollowed out institutions. Uh. This is what a lot of the church, I think, doesn't understand, and people that we talk to, is you can have all the trappings of an office, an institution, but if the people <clears throat> sitting in those seats, supposed yeah. to be reflecting those ideas and upholding those ideas, uh -huh. think that those ideas are the butt end of a joke, they think that natural rights are a joke and the, and the Constitution is a joke, then th that institution doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm -hmm. it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what it originally stood for if the people driving it in behind it don't believe in those ideas anymore. That's right. And so I think that's an important point to make because a lot of Christians, they go, this is America. <laughs> we're never going to be Venezuela. We're never going to be Cuba. I mean, come on. Because this is America. We were built on freedom. But, but that just means that Marxism takes a little longer in America than in other countries because of our form of government. Doesn't mean that we're immune from that. That's right. And now people are waking up to that. Yeah, man. Um, so tell us about so your, good. your this story is so hour. Good. Okay, you want to tell the story hour? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, then we'll talk about America becoming Venezuela <laughs> and, and how I think that absolutely can happen. But story hour, um, so I wrote a little book called As You Grow, and it's a, it's a book with beautiful illustrations teaching children biblical wisdom through the seasons of their life. There's gonna be uh, winter seasons where things are difficult and there's going to be springtime seasons where things are happy and flowers are blooming mm -hmm. and how to produce the fruit of the spirit through all of those seasons love mm -hmm. joy kindness gentleness faithfulness self-control and I wanted to do a reading for a story time at a public library and when we called around uh, we were denied by over 50 woke libraries 54 of them who had previously hosted drag queen story hours yep. so so framed properly, the public library, which is uh, using public taxpayer dollars, is sponsoring, promoting, and paying for men dressed in women's lingerie and clown makeup to come read stories and sexualize children, teaching them about gender, like two-year-olds. Yeah. Some of these story hours uh, in their website literature says, appropriate ages, uh, 18 months and older. And, and, and that, that parental supervision is uh, advised unless you're over 10. So if you're over 10, you're good to hang out with dudes in, dudes in dresses. Uh, but these same libraries, when it comes to coming to teach children about love, gentleness, kindness, self-control, and faith, <laughs> it's a hard no. Yep. And what's interesting is that the book that I'm talking about never even mentions God. It doesn't mention the Bible. Interesting. And it's just about those values. And so what I did is I, I pushed back and I said, well, uh, first of all, we have a freedom of speech in this country. And I'm hoping this is just a misunderstanding. So I wrote a letter and I published the letter uh, publicly on our website to two of the libraries, one in Indianapolis Public Library in Scarsdale, New York. Uh, they were two of the most egregious. They were saying things like, um, 
We are focusing on authors of color, so we won't sponsor you. <laughs> I mean, so they're racist. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then also we're a, we're a queer friendly community, and our messaging doesn't align. I thought, with what? Love, kindness, gentleness? No, with Kurt Cameron. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, I, I think that's the point. Yeah. But if you're so committed to being inclusive, why are you excluding me? If you want diversity then don't create a monoculture with only your message. Bring someone else that's got a message uh, that happens to align with the values that gave you a nation where you could actually have the freedom to do what you're doing. Yep. And they said, um, well, it's not what we're looking for. And I said, well, uh, I'm prepared to assert my constitutional rights with you in court if you don't change your mind. Here's a copy of the book just so that you can read it, keep it as a gift, and I think you'll, you'll agree that these are the values we want for all of our children. And they said, uh, we're going we're gonna to change uh, re reverse course. Here's the link. You can sign up, and you can rent a room in the back of the library. So we, could, we weren't sponsored or promoted by the library, but we could pay for a little reading room, and they put us on the sixth floor in the back of the library, and we let everybody know, and, uh, you know, they said the community wasn't interested, but when we showed up, we had over 2,500 people flooding the library. <laughs> These were moms, dads, grandparents, concerned Americans, Christians, Come patriots, on. and they were, they overwhelmed the sixth floor to where they came in on the PA announcement twice during our reading saying, you need to leave the sixth floor. We have too many people up here and please go to some other floors and find a different activity. And there were still people out the door lined up down the street. This is awesome. And the beauty of that is these people weren't coming to see a guy read a book. They weren't coming to get an autograph from, you know, Kirk Cameron, Mike Seaver. Um, they were there to support a movement and, and find a place where their voice could be joined in with a chorus of other voices right. that sent the message, we don't want to be stuck in this woke prison you've created for us. We want the right stuff, the good stuff for our children and our grandchildren. Yeah. And they just wanted to come support. Half of them never made it in. Well, not half. Uh, the, the room only fit 150 people. So we wow. did two, two readings and then they told us we couldn't do a third in New York. Even though the library was open, there's nobody, no other readings in that room, they said we couldn't do it. <clears throat> and there were still a thousand people waiting outside. Wow. And you know what? They weren't screaming and yelling. They weren't holding up signs of protest. They weren't burning things down. <laughs> what were they doing? They were holding their own book readings in no line, way. outside, and in the hallways. The same book? The same book and, cool. and, and other books saying, we're just happy to be here. Yeah. And like, aren't these the kind of people you want to hang with? Yeah. Aren't these the kind of people that you want around your kids? Not when or you're would you rather have Marxist. angry? <laughs> yeah, not when you're a communist Marxist. Yeah. And the problem, I, it grieves my heart, Seth. Um, and I appreciate this long form format amazing, so that we could talk, is that I think there are millions and millions of people who've simply grown up in a community and have not heard the alternative presented with honesty and, and, and genuineness. Um, they've been, they, there are leftists who don't really, didn't sign up for leftism. Yeah. It's that they've only heard one side of a message and the other side, our side, has been caricaturized into something that is very distasteful. Yeah. And that's a tactic that, that, that monsters like Adolf Hitler would use. He would say, I, I know it's always dangerous to bring up the Hitler uh, you know, analogy, but he would say things like, I don't care about those who um, don't agree with my ideas. My detractors don't matter to me because 
I already have your children in my schools. And in 50 years, you'll be gone, and this will be the only community and message they've ever heard. Yep. This is their normal. Yep. And they'll fight for it because I've taught them that good is evil and evil is good. Yep. And that their protector and provider is not this silly God that they cannot see, but, but mm. the, the state, the <clears throat> government, the Fuhrer, the emperor. Yep. Very and, good. And I think, wow. That's amazing. We, we need to do a better job, I think, as, as conservatives, as biblicists, as people in the family of faith, of communicating our message. And, Demanding uh, we, standards, fighting, yeah. pushing back. Offering right. an alternative philosophical, political, and cultural vision, and, and that's why I appreciate what you're doing, um, Seth. And I think I think we've we've got a bit of an uphill climb <laughs> when it comes to not only taking back ground that we have ceded to to the enemy, yep. but to convince the troops to fight is also difficult because we've also, I think, um, fed people of faith, particularly the Christian faith, with this syrupy diet of niceness and kindness and compassion. Well, it is the 11th commandment, remember, Kirk, to What's be, that? be nice. To be nice. And we understand, turn the other cheek, love your enemies. <clears throat> we are not to be those who are disobedient to civil government, right. all that. Romans However, 13. if we're gonna love our neighbor, <clears throat> our founding fathers and our forefathers and mothers and people like William Wallace mm. and people like <laughs> William Wilberforce, people like the red, red, white, white Rose Resistance uh, kids, they understood that, well, loving my neighbor means fighting against evil and tyranny. Because if I don't and I'm nice to the tyrants out of a respect for Romans 13, obey the government and its rules, well then, I'm throwing my neighbor under the bus. Amen. And they're going to be killed or yep. tortured or imprisoned and enslaved. <clears throat> well, Kirk, it's so like how a, do I balance that? How like do I brother. be nice? Yeah. How do I be a nice badass warrior <laughs> that that cuts the throat and crushes the head That's right. of evil that threatens my children and That's my right. family? Those are the kinds of men mm -hmm. that I think women want to be married to. Yeah. These are the kind of women that are the mothers of history who protected the, 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 the wow. baby cubs. These are the mama bears and the warrior lion fathers yep, that's right. that need to be resurrected. And I think you're calling those characteristics out in those moms and dads in our culture. Mm. And I appreciate you doing that. So good. And doing it with Well, so with are grace. you, brother. It's like, it's like our brother, Pastor Rob McCoy says, right? Remember when he was criticized for not loving his neighbor by opening his church, Godspeed Calvary Chapel in Thousand Oaks. He said, and I love this, he goes, I am loving my neighbor and it's come at great cost. I'm loving my neighbor for the abused who's been quarantined with their abuser. I'm loving my neighbor for the children who are drowning in bathtubs because they've been quarantined with their degenerate parents. I'm loving my neighbors for the teenage suicide rate that's higher than it's ever been Amen. in See, California and American history. I'm loving my neighbor who, who um, lost their business, their livelihood, and their income while the strip clubs, the weed dispensaries, and the abortion centers are declared essential services. I am loving my neighbor and it's come at great cost. That yeah. That's the kind of ethic Amen. that we need. Rush right. Dooney, Rush Dooney, RJ Rush Dooney, the father of the modern homeschool movement, has, and I see, I see you tracking, brother, has yeah. this line that I know you're going to love if you don't know it already. He says, Dominion does not disappear when a man renounces it, it is simply transferred to another person. That's right. Perhaps to his wife, children, employer, or the state. 
where the individual surrenders his due dominion, where the family abdicates it and the worker and employer reduce it, there another party, usually the state, concentrates dominion. Where organized society surrenders power, the mob gains it proportionate to the surrender. Boom, drop the mic, walk <laughs> away, and just study that statement. But that's, but, it. but that's everything you just said, is that if you don't demand a standard and offer a yes. vision and then stand by it and fight for it, someone else will concentrate that power and use it to push their vision. <laughs> that's it, that's it. I've heard the phrase, Seth, uh, over and over, the, uh, the, the myth of neutrality. Yes. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm trying to like wrap my mind around what is a myth of neutrality? Like, and, and it's this idea that well, there's this neutral middle ground where we can all just sort of, it's this no-fly zone and nobody shoots inside of this zone here and we can all just get along there and let's stay there. No, that actually doesn't exist. And, and even Jesus, um, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, said things like, if you're not for me, you're against me. If you're not gathering, you're scattering. And, and that really is the truth. Someone's values will reign supreme. Something, some values will win the day and everyone will live by them. And this idea of plural, plural, pluralistic society, yeah. multiculturalism, <clears throat> it sounds good, but it only, really I think all it is, is when you say, let's all just coexist, really what you're saying is kind of like saying, it's really just a transitional period where the more dominant worldview will take over and eat the others. Very good. And that, you know, that, you know, that picture is like, in my mind, that picture is like, I was in my backyard and I was thinking about this and I thought, I got a fence around my backyard because I had six little kids under seven years old at one point. And so we had to, we had to fence them in <laughs> and, with a big fence. And I thought, multiculturalism and coexistence is kind of like saying, hey, I got a great idea. Let's go down to the LA Zoo and let's take all the animals and bring them into my backyard and say, guys, here's the rules. Everybody just get along and coexist with everybody else. We have many different cultures. We've got lion cultures. We've got monkey cultures, elephant cultures, and sheep and goat cultures. And let's just have a good time. Well, if I walk away for five minutes and come back, I'm, all I'm gonna find is like bloodshed. Eventually, there's gonna be nothing left but the lions, Yeah. right? Because that's just sort of the way it works. And when it comes to the world of ideas, you've got strong ideas and weak ideas. And the weak idea of, hey, let's all just do our own thing. Let's all just be free and love one another and live just and say you can live and let live and let everybody do their own thing. That is no match for the lion of Islam. Mm. That is no match for the lion of biblical Christianity. Mm. That's no match for the lion of secular humanism um, and, and Marxism. Yep. These are battle-tested, time-proven ideologies that will eat every other animal. Now, the uniqueness is Christianity doesn't seek to devour the other animals within its dominion, it seeks to give them dignity and respect mm. and let them take their aberrant ideas to God and discuss them with him on the day that they face him eye to eye. Right. But in the meantime, we wanna love you. We want to be kind to you. If you uh, persecute us, we want to feed you and give you a cup of cold water. Yeah. But the, the, the eternal rules of right that are represented in the scriptures and in Christianity are 
the way the world must run, or else babies get chopped up in pieces and shipped off uh, to landfills and flushed down sewer drains. Yeah. Um, people of color get treated <clears throat> improperly, and now people who don't have color will be discriminated against, and all sorts of other insanity because bad ideas like Marxism want to take over, and all they want is uh, totalitarian rule. Yeah. As, uh... Pastor Rob once said, why won't we do for good what the other side so zealously will do for evil? Yeah. Why yeah. won't we use the same political tools offered us in this constitutional republic yeah. to advance good that the other side has been clenching onto those yeah. reins of power? They're doing a better job of it than we are. They're more dogmatic about their public religion in the public square than the people yep. of God are for theirs. I heard, a, I, I saw a meme that said, <clears throat> can't remember the guy's name who said it, but he said, the public... Uh, the public school has become the, es the established secular church. Yes, it's a secular liturgy. That's right. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, you gotta th th it took a while to, to think through what that is, but... Because um, schools are a crystal ball. Both elementary, high school, particularly colleges, they show you what your country will look like in 20 or 30 years. Oh, that's good. And the that's left right. knows that. They that's right. That. And, and, and it's even worse, I think, than saying, I think Rob's right when he says that the, the, the enemies of the Constitution are using its tools better than lovers of the Constitution to create the world that they want. Isn't that ironic? Right? And they yeah. twist it. But I think it's even worse than that. I think that the enemies of the Bible are using biblical strategies better than we as Christians are to create the kinds of families, churches, and wow. civil governments yeah. that, that they want. What do I mean by that? Deuteronomy chapter six is the verse we all point to when it comes to how do you raise your children in the way they should go? How do you right. keep your children pure in a pagan culture? God tells Moses to tell the men and women of Israel before they're going into the promised land, these commandments I've given to you, download them into your mind, into your heart. You just marinate on those all day and then teach them to those little kids of yours. When, when they get up in the morning, when they go to school, when they walk and sit down and when they rise up again. And then write them on your hands, <laughs> tie them to your forehead so that the thoughts of your mind, wow. the works of your hands, then put them on your doorpost so everybody walks in here knows that your house is about this stuff and then Fix them to the city gates, the place of business wow. and government rule. That's how you do it in wow. God's way. And you know what? I feel like the enemies just picked up the playbook <laughs> that was written for us to produce a good world, and they've used the same principles, but they've they've replaced the content right. with Marxism and 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 their idol of self, and wow. they've created the world that we're now complaining about. Wow! This happened on our watch. Our fault. Not their fault. They're just yeah. living out a good worldview yeah. with the wrong God. Yeah. Our fault. Yeah. We have the best worldview and the right God, and we're being idiots, and we're just dropping the ball. And now we're on our own one-yard line, whining and complaining that everyone's breaking the rules and they're not doing it right. And, and I feel like the coach is going, guys, I gave you the playbook, That's and you right. just handed it wow. to them. It's been said about the left, Kirk, it's not hypocrisy, it's hierarchy. Um, here's what I mean by that. Um, hey, conservative. The left said this, or no? This is what about? we say about the left. Oh, so hey, conservative, stop complaining, whining, bitching, and moaning right. about how the left is so hypocritical. Right? How when Biden has uh, documents in his home while he was VP and didn't have the right to declassify them, 
No one's concerned about that. But when Trump, who is the president and can declassify those documents, has them at Mar-a-Lago, uh, you, you try to throw them into a gulag. So stop complaining about the hypocrisy of the left. They know it's hypocritical. They know they have double standards. They know this. They don't care because it's not hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. They have the power. They assert that power very effectively in nearly every institution. So you need to deal with the realities on the ground. Stop expecting consistent behavior from people who think that men can be women, women can be men, God is a joke, and babies aren't persons, for goodness sake. Um, and so, as again, as, as Pastor Rob says, that we've been waiting downstream to pick up human heartache that we helped create through our political apathy upstream. Amen. That's exactly right. And so Amen. you're going upstream to some of the very institutions and, and secular liturgical, <laughs> almost like calendars and events that the left has been using to indoctrinate the next generation. And you're pushing back and it's incredible. And, and the response I know has to encourage you and it encourages all of us. But doesn't it, doesn't it tell us and, and show us there's still hope. There's people who, who are excited and passionate and zealous for righteousness and want to do something about it. So as we as we close out, Kirk, what would you say to the people listening in? Like we have a lot of people actually listen to this show who aren't like pro-life activists, but they they they're they're burdened for the heart of the unborn, their moms, their dads, their young, their young parents, and they're just like, what in the world is happening to this country? Yeah. What, what what would you say to people who have been who who have been checking out your library story tour? Um, what are some things that people can do? Um, one, it's supporting you, but like in terms of pushing back, what, what would you tell people are some tangible things you'd encourage them to do at what feels like such a late hour in the American culture war? I think that's the big question that keeps many of us up in the middle of the night. And I, I personally ask God, what do you want me to do? What, what can I do? You know, I don't, I don't have the abilities of Rob McCoy. I don't uh, speak like Seth Gruber. I don't have the kind You're a great of, speaker, bro. <laughs> well, but I understand that like God gives each of us certain lanes and certain abilities in that lane and that no one of us can actually solve this problem. Mm, yeah. So I think, okay, I've got this little, <clears throat> this little, um, I don't know what you call it, uh, that helps me get through the day. This table is a big round table. If I could make some concentric circles that got smaller, um, they would each represent my ability to control stuff. So the smallest, I say, um, uh, is this, the, the sweet stuff that, is, uh, th that I can savor in my day. And I say this, I say, Kirk, just wake up in the morning and savor the small. Savor the fact that you're alive, you're healthy, you have kids, you live in America, and, and you know Jesus. I'm gonna savor that today. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna make much of the medium, the stuff I can do. If I can go speak somewhere, if I can go read a book somewhere, if I can, mm -hmm. if I can do something that makes a difference, I wanna make much of that. Then the next size is, is the large circle that I don't have any control over. I can't control what the President of the United States does. I can't control what happens in terms of the currency and inflation. Uh, I'm gonna let that go, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna celebrate the cosmic, remembering mm -hmm. that at the end of the day, there is a just God who presides in heaven, and he uh, is behind the righteous causes, and he's working all things together for good for those who love him. So, if I can savor the small, make much of the medium, do what I can do by asking God, 
what's my role? What can I do with my kids, at my kids' school, at my church, in my community, in, at my work? What can I do? What group can I be a part of? Maybe I can join the White Road Resistance. Maybe I can go find out something that my church is doing and, and um, uh, lend, lend a hand there. And then let go of the stuff that I see on Fox News and CNN that I have no control over rather mm. than letting it get me depressed and, and inch me toward the cliff of despair. Mm. I just say, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. I have not been tasked with that domain of responsibility. Now, maybe someone has. Maybe someone is, uh, is, is prepared to go into politics or to become a banker or do something and affect those areas. Well, then you need to go do that. And then I can celebrate the big picture that that history doesn't just simply repeat itself mindlessly, mm. uh, that there is a God who is the author of history, yeah. that it's his story and it's linear and it's going somewhere and it's moving toward a goal and it's moving toward the goal of uh, the glory of the knowledge of the Lord filling the earth like the waters cover the sea. Mm. And, and all throughout that story, there are highs and lows and there are uh, times of falling away and times of revival. Yeah. And just like that tree, Seth, that in my backyard fell over, we also had a drought in Southern California that caused all of us to stop watering our lawns and everyone's lawn died. Wow. It was dead for months. I thought, there's no way it's ever coming back. We just had some rain. And if you look at my backyard right now, out of the dead dirt, all these little green shoots are coming back up. And I thought, impossible. Yeah. It's been too long since we've had water, but it's not. There's roots, and I think that there are roots within the hearts and minds of people in America that if they're watered by the, the faith and the courage of a few, then wow. I think life can come back to yeah. the family of faith that will bring about a great revival. And wow. if I could close with this quote from Samuel Adams. Oh, come on. Um, he made a great beer, but made an even better founding father. And he said, it does not take a majority to prevail, but rather a tireless, irate minority, keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. And that's what you're doing. You are setting brush fires of freedom and, and faith and a warrior spirit in the minds of men, in the hearts of women, mm. to fight for their babies, for the unborn. And like you said, that could be the, the, the one uh, stream of passionate action in the culture that ignites a wildfire that then begins to encompass all other spheres yeah. of or, culture. Or breaks the dam. Yeah. Puts a crack in the dam of humanism. Man, if we could save babies, maybe we could save families. <clears throat> yeah. If we can save the family, we can save the nation. Yep. Well, then let's, uh, you finish with Samuel Adams, I'll finish with uh, a uh, far greater thinker, uh, Gandalf the Gray. Uh, who, uh, <laughs> you know. Who uh, famously said, uh, Kirk, other evils there are that may come. For even Sauron himself is but a servant or emissary. Yet it is not our part to master all the tides of the world, but to do what is in us for the sucker of those years wherein we are set. Uprooting, uprooting the evil in the fields that we know, so that those that live after may have clean earth to till. What weather they shall have is not ours to rule. All we must decide is what to do with the time that is given us. So thank you for making much of the time and, and place that you've been put in, Kirk. <laughs> um, we got to go, but where can people find your dates and support the library story reading? Uh, you could go to my website at kirkcameron.com. That'd be the easiest. 
but it'll probably end up directing you to bravebooks.com. Right. And uh, they've got they've got the the instructions on how to hold your own story hour if you want. Right. And where we're holding them across the nation. Great. Kirkhammer.com or Brave Bucks. Thank you, brother. Thank Thanks you. Great time. to talk to you, sir. Yeah, you too. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. Please go to Kirkhammer.com or Brave Books, find us tour, and hey, try to bring it to your, your local city. Push back, right? Uproot the evil in the fields that you know. Wor- worry about where you are, your locality, mm-hmm. not you know, your capital or even your, uh, you know, DC, where God has put you. Um, give the show a rating and review. We appreciate that. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, subscribe. I'm being shadow banned like crazy. I'm getting messages from PolitiFact, fact checking my stuff and throwing it all over Instagram. You can't even find me on Instagram unless you type in Seth Gruber official, the entire thing, or it doesn't show up. So share our content. We appreciate it. If you want to join the White Rose Resistance, go to the whiterose.life, the whiterose.life and sethgruber.com to check out our nationwide church tour this spring. Till next time, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.